0: I'm be to go
1: Thank you. There we are.
0: There we are. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on my Crystal Loves Texas podcast. Tonight, we're going to have an interesting conversation with a couple of organizations who have got a very, very um, unique and necessary event coming up. And in honor of Martin Luther King's birthday, this is something that I would like to see duplicated really all across Texas. We, we need it all across texas i want to first thank my uh trusty co-host rebecca williams for being here thank Hi. you rebecca and the gentleman to my left you've probably seen him a couple of times here before but this is damien jadon walker and damien introduce Hold yourself man. how y'all doing uh, thanks
2: christopher having me <laughs> thank rebecca um uh, damien walker uh, Executive Director of Cognitive Justice International. Thank you for having me, Christy.
0: Yes, and to my right is a new face, and this is um, Henry Sims with ProVision Academy. Tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, Coach Sims, and why ProVision was the one who spearheaded this type of uh, initiative between the two entities. ProVision?
1: First of all, I want to tell you thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you uh, for coming. Look, looking forward. Uh, to the MLK event that we we're anticipating on having on uh, on Monday. Uh, ProVision has been around uh, since 1990 and uh, our founder and our staff and our administration thought it'd be a great idea for us to host something here in the Sunnyside area.
3: Okay.
0: And, um, you know, Rebecca is too from Sunnyside. Whoop, whoop. And Rebecca has anyway. been yes, and she's been working tirelessly in the Sunnyside area trying to make sure that that uh, trying to make sure that um, Sunnyside is not forgotten when right. decisions are made, um, that the young people and the uh, community of Sunnyside has a seat at the table when uh, when decisions are being made, especially in Houston and in Texas. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about what you what what uh, your activity in the Sunnyside area, Rebecca, because you've been doing a whole lot. Oh
4: my God! So uh, well, first of all, um, born and raised in Sunnyside, graduated from Ebony Worthing um so you know i'm Sunnyside in <laughs> <laughs> um just basically um advising uh advising civic club members mm-hmm. um i was a part of civic club i've yes. done a lot um not so much anymore because of my affiliations with the teachers union y'all Ooh. know all about that but um just advising them on what what we could do to bring Sunnyside into the 21st century yeah Um, bringing people, millennials and Gen Z to the table to vote, to help make decisions, Um, so those types of things and you know what
0: I really like this initiative and I'm going to tell you the name of it in a second because the name is very catchy and I'm going to ask Damien how you guys came up with that name, Um, but a community or chaos community or chaos well, let's be honest I like that I, I like it, but can we say that Sunnyside has at times fit very uh squarely into each of those categories? Oh, of course, <laughs> most definitely. But does that have to be the future oh, of Sunnyside? Damien, tell me a little bit about what was the genesis of this particular venture between uh cognitive justice international and provision. Why provision?
2: Well, I had uh, met Coach when I was working for the county doing the uh, community violence intervention work uh, there. And Coach and I would often talk, you know, about kids and uh, we would try to connect kids to services because Coach does, you know, Coach basketball and other things. So I resigned um, a little bit over a month ago when I uh, had a list and on my list, Coach was on my list, (laughs) the the resignees. Uh, Coach was on my list to go talk to, and uh, Sydney and I, who you'll see soon, yes. went to talk to Coach, and Coach gave us um, some some tasks. It's not just about talking, it's about action. and Coach, um, Pro Visionary, about action. Right. So I was saying that, you know, maybe we can come in and teach some classes, um, but Coach said maybe we can do these things, and Coach laid out some uh, activities for us to do, and he had the idea of community and chaos uh, because it's a speech, it actually turned into Martin Luther King's last book yes. on where do we go from here? Yes. Um, chaos our community, but we switched it for community chaos. And i let Coach explain that to you. Uh, yes. That's how it started. And we just saw a vision to be able to bring resources and information to communities that suffer violence and saying that you are yes. survivors of violence instead of victims of violence. Right. Um. There are other things that we can talk about in just our pain. Let's, let's work
0: through our trauma. Yes. So those are things that we set up, and I let Coach kind of finish that up. So, Coach, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Obviously, when uh, you know you you already knew Damian, but when Damian came to you, all these things just didn't come to your head. You these had been these had been resonating with you for a while. Tell me a little bit about um, what made you know that the time was right, right now, to go ahead and start this initiative.
1: Well, we've uh, been experiencing some very Difficult times in the Sunnyside area, yeah, from a violent standpoint. Uh, statistics states right now that that Sunnyside area is leading the city of Houston and ranked highly in the state as far as high crime, wow. high crime, wow, violent areas, wow. So I would think it'd be good. We thought it'd be good once we connected and uh, spoke with Miss Sydney and Mister Damon. Uh, yes, this would be a good connection for us, not to just talk about it, but to put some action behind um, our our initiative.
0: Okay. And with the MLK Day Conference, mm-hmm. tell me tell me how that um, how that is going to be tying in with all of the discussions and insights that you guys have put on the agenda. How is that going to work out? Is this for the community? Is it for the students? Is it for a combination? How's
1: that day going to develop? We would like for it to be a combination. Okay. Uh, we want to have a total approach, a wholeness approach. Okay. When we talk about community that expands not right. just from the Sunnyside area but throughout the south park throughout the houston area itself okay uh, not only for adults uh, we want to make it a family event hmm. uh, we want to make sure that everyone have the tools okay we buy tools not just for the parents and the adults but for the students as well so, okay uh, getting those tools as needed for us to have a better community
0: Okay. Well, I see here some of the uh, things that you all have. Tell me a little bit about some of those topics you'll be discussing. What does digital shadows mean?
1: Digital shadows. Uh, digital shadows mainly has to do with the social media platforms. Okay. Uh, yeah. If you 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 part of the education system, uh, knowing that the digital platforms that the kids are using uh, has a lot to do with our violence. Yes. That kind of initiates some of our violence. We're yes. Just taking pictures. Uh, just so just providing. Uh, our young adults and our adults—the tools that's needed to understand safe ways right. to use those platforms.
0: Okay, Damien, what about reflecting on where do we go from here? We know that um, that Dr. King's speech was community of chaos. Uh, re- uh, reflecting on where do we go from here? So, is there a way out? yes there is a way out okay. uh, one thing i
2: learned from coach because that's coach baby but one thing mm-hmm. i've learned mm-hmm. on um the way that he talks about it and the research that i've done on it is that and i, I listen again to the speech today coach mm-hmm. so where do we go from here is basically dr king talking about hey we've done these things we went through these particular steps yeah. in our journey in civil rights um these are some, some some steps that we've made and some success that we've had but where do we go from here Mm -hmm. Are we still in chaos? No. Are we building community? So making sure that the the community understands that you are part of the solution. That's one thing that he was talking about, making sure that the community understands that we are part of the solution. The part that I really love about the speech, uh, he talks about the scripture. I can't quote the scripture directly, but Mm -hmm. it's about love. Um, Mm -hmm. That part that he was talking about love. And he's saying that, man, you can do all these things. But Jesus said, you're a resounding symbol. You're just somebody out there just making all this noise if you don't have love. And that's one thing that the community has to have. And those that are coming, like myself, I'm not from Sunnyside. Right. I got the opportunity to serve because of the coach and I've right. been there. Right. But if I'm just coming and I'm being a resounding symbol and I'm not putting forth effort and I'm not consistent, mm-hmm. then I'm not operating out of love. I'm operating out of ego. And yes. for us to operate out of ego when we're doing service, that means that somebody's going to fall off. Nobody's going to really continue to look at you and come along and for solutions correct they're going to look at you for your presence and when your presence is gone yes it means they're no longer going to serve themselves and that's not appropriate
0: and rebecca let me ask you something being a, a, a sunnyside native you grew up in sunnyside you live in sunnyside how have you seen it change throughout the years
4: um i have well i was... it safe Okay, so let me say this. The community (laughs) that I grew up in, Mm -hmm. okay, the community that I grew up in was a community. Like Mm -hmm. you said, it was very much community. Um, Most of the people in that community were educated, older people, but they were educated professionals or military professionals. So it was a different type of vibe. Um, But now that you say that, even, you know, my mom's still now at 40. When you out, let me know. Like, I know you grown and you doing whatever, mm-hmm. but let me know. Right. It's not safe. And for my mom to sit there and say that, and, and she swore, swear by sitting mm-hmm. side, but for mm-hmm. her to
0: say that. She's a civic club leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: It's not safe. Call me where you at. If you make a move, call me. Let mm-hmm. me know. Just let me know something. Because I don't want to get a phone call saying. Right. Something's you, happened. Right. And it's just like, really? Like, I mean, and I understand why she's seeing it because she's a mom protecting her child mm-hmm. still. But it's just like, whoa, like, how did we get here?
0: Yeah.
4: How did we get here? So.
0: And that is a perfect segue mm-hmm. into what I want to talk about next. Now, I want everybody to know that Damien and I did speak about this earlier. And he told me that he's comfortable walking us through this. Because at one point, you were that that young man sitting in... Provision, basically, mm-hmm. you you were that 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 demographic mm-hmm. of young man that um, that we're seeing this 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 uprising of violence um, come come uh, to fruition in, and what we're trying to arrest. Tell me a little bit about your background, Damien, and what brought you from point A to point Z where you are right now.
2: Okay, thank you for that. Um, so basically, got incarcerated at the age of sixteen for. Aggravated robberies that I didn't do in a burglary of a habitation with intent to commit aggravated assault. That I did, a guy jumped on my brother. I shot a house up with a tech nine, um, semi automatic weapon at the age of 16. Wow, um, and I had already had 11 felonies, so I had I knew you before 16. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. told us, you yeah, 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 like do not even know about this part. I had right? a high speed chase, I had a high speed chase. Wow, at, at 15, did you I have caught, a license? <laughs> and I caught eleven felonies. So at sixteen, I had sixteen felonies. Okay, you, Coach. Coach didn't even know that part, right? Now. So yeah. I had with the, I was I was going through the process. Yeah. Um Kendra and I were talking earlier. So I was yeah. one of those kids. That's so right. Basically, That's right. um, I got certified as an adult. Um, those eleven don't show my record, but those five do. Yes. So I was certified as an adult at the age of seventeen. Went to Harris County Jail. Um, end up wanted to go to trial, but um, unfortunately, um, I played out, and I mm-hmm. played out. Which I didn't know at the time for five 25 year sentences, run concurrent. Wow, look at giving me 150 years. I, w- I wanted to go to trial, but my family talked me out of going to trial. So I ended up having 125 years, but five 25 year sentences, run concurrent. You got an
0: angel on your shoulder. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I know it. And I ended up serving 17 years. So I went in at 16. Uh, I was released at the age of 33 um, in 2010, been home right at 13 years. Um, okay. But it was that process. Um, and the reason that the, that the the 125 and 150 is significant, yeah, because I wanted to go to trial. And my mom and my grandma said, Damien, if they give you 150 years, we're not gonna be alive when you come right. out. I wasn't gonna be alive, right? Okay, gotcha. My gotcha. mother, my grandma, my grandpa had passed away still with that right, with that 17 years. Yeah. So the justice system, um, I approached it a little bit different. I work with them now. Um, but that's my story, that's how I, I got to this point. And I would say what changed me, of course. I'm gonna say, you know, give glory to God, it was Jesus. Yes, without Amen. a doubt. I mean, that's, that was the reason. But knowing that my practical thing, mm-hmm. knowing that one, what family did I have, though I have family that was gonna support me if I went back down, right? Plus, I got a degree while I was incarcerated. Yes, and Amen. I had a lot of people that supported me, so I enrolled in the University of Houston when I came home as well. Okay, and got a degree from the University of Houston. So there were some factors. Um, But mainly it was that I knew that I couldn't mess back up. Right. And why would I want to mess back up, first of all? Right. So those are a couple of the reasons and why I'm kind of sitting here right now and wanting to impart um, not only my knowledge, but some of the connections I have, some of the experience I have
0: um, on how to change. And Damien, I will never forget this. What was the title that the state? Put on you at 17 years old. You, you remember everything. <laughs> because it was chilling when because this is the kind yeah. of thing that so many yeah. of our young men, the burden they had to carry. Yeah. Had you killed anyone? No. Uh Damien, had you uh had you um, um beat anyone senseless and left them for dead? No. What was the title? Super Predator. And the reason
2: that that's significant too, because you said something a while ago. It was the research that was being done on our communities that's still being done this day. But in the late '80s, early '90s, they did a lot of research. They said that these kids in inner city America going to come out and they're going to just take over the country and kill and pillage everything. <laughs> um, and it was the Chicago, the Houston, the New Yorks, the complex. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, this research was presented, and one of our favorite um, presidents and our current president, uh, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton. They ended up uh, supporting those hard sentencing laws that came in in the 90s. And I got caught up in that. But that research, and I always say this, and I thank you for for saying that. Yeah. That research is still going on right now. Well, wow. The research is now being changed because even though murder is down. Right. They're still saying the youth are contributing highly to the to the shootings. Though murder and some shootings are down. So it's always going to be changed. So there's never going to be a consistent balance system on the way that we see each other is going to be right. hey let's save everybody let everybody free without punishment right. or let's just punish everybody until they die and kill off a generation and i'll be quite after this my generation there are a lot of people that are still down there from 1993 yep, that's they were right 14 15 and 16 years old there's a generation of young black men young hispanic men that have been killed off
0: because of research and and here's the thing sitting from the perspective of a teacher who sees these kids come into the classroom every day Mm -hmm. i can tell you this and rebecca does too rebecca sits in a seventh grade classroom Mm -hmm. i'm an eighth grade teacher but when they come into my classroom regardless of what they have come in from i'm that person who sees promise in everybody and rebecca has had, had students um, probably uh, many uh, so much like the students that you all see every day. Um, I sit in this seat, saying when I hear the news come on every day. And I there was a time when I didn't when I, when I didn't uh, feel this way. When I hear the news come on every day, I'm just sitting in my seat, grasping, mm-hmm. grasping the the chair handle, saying please, please, please. Don't let it be a name that I know. Please, please, please don't let it be a name that I know. Oh, it's still like that for me. Yeah. It's still it like me, that me too. For that's me. what I that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. the, the longer that we're in it, a lot of these kids have come through have come through our case point. Just yeah. because
4: you brought it. Only because you brought it up. Okay. I remember um I was this is when I was at a high school in, in Houston, mm-hmm. uh, before I became on a middle school level. I was get ready to go to my classroom and one of the teachers came up to me and say hey heads up so-and-so is coming he been in the dope house all night you already know throw him in the back of your room and ignore him wow and i said uh is he okay she said throw him in the back of classroom because he ain't gonna just let him sleep do what and, he do you know and, and this was another teacher Yeah. and at first i will readily admit i did it i put him in the back room. i said hey go go back there, sit down, don't bother nobody. But then something in me was like, no, after class, talk to Mm him. And then when I had that long conversation with him, one of the things he said, you were the only teacher in my 10 years when he was in the 10th grade at the time. You the only teacher that actually wanted to hear my story Mm -hmm. and hear me out. And true to the word, like the teacher told me, he was in the dope house. but Mm -hmm. But I got a letter from him two weeks ago. Wow, he is serving. This is his tenth year in the military. Wow, that's in awesome. And he said, because you cared enough to sit down with me that day, that changed my life. So just imagine. <laughs> yes, that was one conversation. One and conversation. Takes. Yeah, and one conversation. I was like, we only talked for thirty minutes, mm-hmm. but he was like, thirty minutes compared to nobody ever talk- talking to me.
0: That's significant. D- Damien, the factors of community violence. Coach, the factors of community violence. Give me a top three. Oh,
1: Start it out, coach. Exposure.
0: And, and go a little when we, deeper. When we talk
1: about exposure, just um, exposing our kids to what's right and giving them a good example of to what the positive things are that they can achieve. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the major things that ProVision, our mission is to inspire hope. Yes. So an academic, social and economic enrichment. So giving those kids that exposure to not only college life, but what right. goes beyond high school. Uh, right. Those tools, those soft, those, those soft skills that we no longer get in the schools. You know, just, just how to survive from a day to day, how to have a bank account, how to do those things from a financial standpoint, uh, growing food, growing your own garden. Right. Uh, from a food desert. So I would say exposure. So it's exposure.
0: So do you find that? In, in trying to instill this positive exposure that you're having to combat the negative exposure that they've seen since birth, many of them.
1: Well, well we, we talk about exposure, but these kids are exposed to a lot. Just mm-hmm. that, we go back to that digital that, that digital piece. Mm-hmm. right? They expose that information they're receiving. Yes. Uh, it's information, but a lot of the information they're receiving is not positive information. Course, yes. Right, exactly. So yes. what information? So just giving you the tools to be able to decipher uh the right and the wrong right the win and the how and being responsible uh once you get that exposure and use it to a positive advantage okay exposure one damien give me another one culture
2: so explain culture, that culture because um as you was asking that question i was thinking so when i was incarcerated i was going to join a gang
1: like, like
2: incarcerated oh yeah when i was locked up, i was going to join a gang so they, they jump you in gangs and jail. Oh yeah, yeah, without a
0: doubt. See, he's taking us to school. <laughs> 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 you know, saying,
2: so, 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 this is what happened. Uh, I didn't do it right. I did, yes. and I never joined. But there was this one particular gang that they have um, their, their their books, their laws, and their laws are amazing to me. It's on par with the Bible. It's it's beautiful. It's insightful, right? Very, very insightful. So, wow. What ended up happening was I was exposed and privileged to read it, and I was like, man, these. They're knowledgeable. They're not dumb. Yes,
0: these are not dumb
2: guys. These are not yes. dumb people. I didn't do it right. And when I changed and I got into the word in there and I started changing, I said that because somebody learned something at one point to them is so beautiful mm-hmm. that you have to change what's in their heart because they took those words and put it in their heart. Just like the words of the Bible or the words of the Right. right. They take those words and that becomes them yes charleston white recently said that i, I recently and i know a lot of people he's controversial yeah. but he recently said that about the same stuff that i was reading right and he said that he took it he stole it and they and they will kill you he said that they he stole it and he read it for three years wow. and that's what that's what started to change him it yes. was gang literature because this gang literature now you have to be able to change the culture and like coach said the exposure what these kids and what these individuals are exposed to in their community that becomes who they are and they walk daily in that and they can't be disrespected. Yes. It has to be respected. It has to be understood because if it's not my culture, is these four blocks, that's my culture. My culture is four blocks. So when I walk to school, I walk to the store with my mom mm-hmm. I walk over here, this is my culture. And when I go to the next four blocks, there's a different culture, especially in Houston, there's a different culture. So you have to respect my experiences and you have to respect my culture. But now, so since we're trying to work to adjust to change the mindset of the youth that we're dealing with, we have to address their culture. And I express this to coach sometimes, like especially anybody, it never happens on day one. You have to be ready for the long game, you have to be ready for the long haul. And that what and that's what helps when you are imparting what you believe can assist the community.
0: Exposure culture. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me one more very a uh, very uh, important caveat that we need to be aware of in exploring the factors. Exposure,
1: culture. culture well, you, you gotta look at history as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, you know, your background, your history has a lot to do with it. And we, we look at what's going on uh just in the sunny side area. Sunnyside has a history, Houston has a history. Not trying to repeat it, but if you go back to just simply what the book is all about right um doing that was during the civil rights movement when he when he was high on as far as making where do we go from now yes what is our next step and having systematic programs everything that we're talking about you have to have a systematic program to get to the next step okay talk about being uh incarcerated that's a systematic program right that's true right so when you talk about being the gangs the gangs have a systematic program in our communities there's a systematic program that's needed to make sure we progress And I also want to say this, too, um, because I know know we're going to bring
2: Sydney on. Mm -hmm, And this is what I'm thinking, because this is what she may say. Yeah. But this is one thing that I I experienced, and I never would have knew probably over the last three or four years. Right. But the the trauma, Mm -hmm. the hurt, that's another thing. And I think that's one thing that Sydney probably would say. Mm -hmm. But that's another thing, because that's stuff that you have to address. You have to be able to commit. To the process of helping the community heal rebuild sustain itself make it go to sustainability and that's the process and there is no way that 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 the out the communities that we're talking about serving it, it can be in, in hawaii somewhere right that if you don't address those hurts and pains and traumas because though four of us saw somebody die I, we have four different traumas well four of us can see somebody dying we have four different traumas right and those things have to be addressed so I want to add that in there
1: so we gave you four so Ooh, I do and I yeah, also yeah. agree
4: with that too and I've been saying that for a long time and nobody wants to address it especially well what I black and Hispanic kids is mm-hmm. that they suffer from PTSD mm-hmm. I mean that's what it is these babies are exposed to adult situations daily they, they've daily. watched people die they've seen people get robbed they you know they have watched their mamas get beat up i mean it, it's just they've seen so much and can you imagine seeing this as six seven eight oh. nine so and then people wonder why they so hard and why they so callous well i mean i've been dealing with stuff since three yeah i didn't get to be an old innocent child bouncing yeah. off the wall yeah
0: and when and when Sydney comes on, we're, we're gonna we're gonna jump into that a little bit more because the thing is, and what we all want to know is that can that be can that can, can this be arrested? Can it be changed? Are these kids salvageable?
1: But let me let me know. Is our
0: community salvageable?
1: Our mm-hmm. community we not. I don't. Want, let's not paint the picture. I know mm-hmm. we're not that sunny. That that our kids and this demographics that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. It's all negative, right? A lot. We have a, a tremendous amount of growth and development awesome. that comes from these young people that's dealing with these traumas and dealing with these circumstances they they are strong and resilient okay Sunnyside and the kids that we're dealing with and the community that we're dealing with right i know they'll be talking about mlk uh the resiliency that our community has speaks a lot right about not just Sunnyside but the houston area yes when we look at our african-american kids uh sunnyside third war fifth war mm-hmm. uh the resiliency and one of the things you know that we kind of hinder on at provision is character development. Yes. Uh that is huge. Not only just for our young men, we have a man of program, but we have a she program for our ladies. Okay. But character development is huge uh to help with their resiliency.
0: And provision correct me if I'm wrong. It started out as a uh, a single gender school, right? Gender, yes. yes. Okay. Yes. And how long have you have you all been
1: uh uh, uh both co- genders? Co-ed, we've been co ed six years, and okay. you know uh once we had those young ladies, you know, they, different they, dynamic, different dynamic, mm-hmm. different situation. Yeah. Uh when we go as the ladies go. Right. Uh, when y'all having a bad day, we having a bad day. Wow. <laughs> uh, but our ladies, our ladies are. are um, <laughs> we can say our ladies uh They provide quality leadership with our school. Yeah, and it's
0: um, and it's re- real time. The things that you're dealing with, that uh, yes. this is what this is what these young men are going to be dealing with out in the world. Yes. 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 But we are going to go to a very quick break, and um, when you come back, like magic, we're going to mm-hmm. have another guest on. But thank you, Coach for exactly. uh, Coach Henry Sims for coming on, and. We're going to go to break right now. And we are back. ta <laughs> <laughs> You already know I did magic, but we have got our second guest on today and um who is uh, also a part of the uh program that's coming up chaos or community and i'm going to allow her to introduce herself i'm going to tell you her name but she's going to introduce herself and uh, tell us a little bit more about how her role plays into this uh into this um initiative this is uh sydney dean of
3: community Cognitive Justice International Um, my name is Sydney Dean I'm a licensed clinical social worker and a director of uh, therapeutic services with Cognitive Justice International Um,
0: so Sydney here come the questions okay (laughs) when you see when you you know we've got a a, a ripe environment Sunnyside in Houston Texas Mm -hmm just driving down the street. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. And Rebecca, Damien, Uh I'm from Sunnyside. I lived two blocks off of Cullen behind fire station number 55. That's where I grew up. I did not go to school there, but I lived there until I went away to college. It's hard for me to go up to 610 and drive down Cullen all the way. Just, just based on what I see, it is difficult now. You see some types of of, of uh, initiatives going on of gentrification and, and trying to bring back that area because that's a historic area. It's a historic area. But, but it can be depressing. It can be depressing when you see that. Um, Sydney, in dealing with the trauma that... Individuals and especially the young people see. I'm going to open that question up again. With uh, this is middle school, provision is middle school, so I'm going to say sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, high and high school too. Yeah. Awesome, six uh, six through 12 uh, students who have seen a lot. Where can we begin to start trying to arrest the trends of? Uh, uh, that, that, uh, that trauma can leave on, on, uh, on people. And is it salvageable? Are, are the kids salvageable?
3: I absolutely think so for sure. And I think the starting point is one just getting back to the heart of things, Mm -hmm. getting back to compassion, getting back to healing, getting back to being whole. Yes. Um, And of course we're talking about the community, but it starts with self. It starts with individuals. It starts in the home. It starts with parenting. Mending relationships, so yes. that is how we start, and absolutely salvageable.
0: You 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 said a mouthful there, but I'm gonna key in on one thing that you said, and um and, and Damien, if you've got something to, to, to add to this, please do parenting, mending relationships, mm-hmm. trying to make people whole. You you've already told us mm-hmm. you had a great mom, mm-hmm. a mom that loved you, you remove everything. That, I, I, <laughs> I may not remember what happened yesterday <laughs> uh, this afternoon, but yeah, you said it's not like you came from a horrible situation where you were scouring, you know, uh, from the time you were four years old out trying to make it on your own. You had a mom mm-hmm. who was working, who was who was trying to make a living for her family. Many of the kids have this. Where where's the disconnect? Where does the street pull them in? Where they are? Well, the where the parents, you know, you've got to. You've got juxtapositions pulling there. What happens?
3: I think it's a combination of things. Um, because although you can have a parent in the home who's active, that parent is also dealing with their own trauma. Okay. So that's a factor. Another factor is um, the influence of your peers. You can have. You can be in one environment and then go to um, school and be in a completely different yes. culture. Yes, um, yes. And I think one of... One, uh, one great point to point out is the culture of violence okay. like the culture of violence at home is going to be different than the culture of violence at school explain that um for instance um, you may have uh, a two-parent household or a single parent household mm-hmm. and the main point of correction is verbal okay cuss words it's yeah yeah down, yes right? Yes. but you get to school and the culture of correction is fights wow yes,
0: that's i never thought type. about that two
3: different types of violence about two different yeah. cultures of
0: violence mm-hmm. and does that happen uh equally you think with, with with males and females
3: i think it happens equally i think it varies it, it can look different across individuals but um Although it looks different, Mm -hmm. it's still very much
0: equal. It manifests itself in in the same ways.
3: Yeah.
0: Damien. Mm -hmm. Yes, I remember. (laughs) And and, and tell me this. What was it like? And and, and, and how did you have to purpose in your mind to know what your mom was telling you at home? And then you open that door and those friends are standing out there Mm -hmm. and you've got the little mom on this shoulder Mm -hmm. and the friends on this shoulder but what the friends are saying seems like a whole lot more fun Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what 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 is it that makes a young man decide to kind of make that decision and with that in mind Mm -hmm. what makes some young men make a different decision
2: so i had made the positive decision for a long time and a long time is 13 14 i I had crack in my hand at 11 years old. Okay. So I didn't start selling until 13 or 14. Okay. But it was because my mother had made some choices in her life. Right. And we didn't have money. Right. So because we didn't have money, I got tired of wearing the shoes and the pants with the holes in it. It was peer pressure. Yeah, peer pressure. I literally had, in fifth grade, I literally had two pair of pants. Okay. Almost for the whole entire year. Yeah. But that's because of the choice that my mother had made, though she loved me and stuff. Right. Right. So when that opportunity came up, Kenji and I Spoke about this early. Yeah, I saw guys that I've been knowing since fifth grade, walk around in Jordans and and have goals at 14. <laughs> and so now I'm like, man, I'm, I'm I'm not only starving, I can't buy the cookies at school. Right. They got to buy the cookies. They got to come. And I'm playing. sports. Yeah. yeah. But they know me from the neighborhood. Right. So at one point I just said, man, let me get out here and getting out there meant that whatever came with that. Well, as soon as I got out there into the streets, as soon as the kids get out there into the streets, it's whatever comes with that. So my choice was a more financial choice. And let me tell you what okay. I did to my mom. Okay. She found some drugs one time. Okay. And so she, I was about 15. Was bound I think. To, it
0: was about to happen.
2: It was about to happen. I had left it yeah. out and I was excited to go. I had bought some and left it out. True story. Uh-huh. And um, she said, what is that? And I tried to lie and said, well, it wasn't what it was. Right. And basically when it came back around. And you weren't using them. no 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 no. this was this was this was crap yeah so I told her (laughs) (laughs) so I actually told my mom you this is what I told my mom this was the most hurtful I ever saw my mom's face I said you can't even get what you want I said you can't give me what I want and I had a little brother I said you can't even get you what you want I say I want to go get it for myself Wow. And so that was my choice. And I wouldn't make some other people because I have friends to this day that never made that choice that I grew up with in the same area. Yeah, They still had the same mom. My mom knew their mom and parents right. knew parents right. and everything else. They just were different. They just maybe had more love. Maybe their mom was more consistent with finances. Okay. Okay. Got gotcha. you. So those gotcha. factors can yeah. change because there were some guys that had more money than us right. that stayed in the houses and they were in the
0: streets. I
2: got you. I so, got you. Yeah, so it yeah. just kind of depends. But I want to speak to this too. Mm-hmm. Um, because like Coach said, and I think what Sydney said, well, I was saying too, that it's not just it's not just Sunnyside, it's the Houston area. Yeah. And it's not just the the kids who aren't making it. There are a lot of who are making it. Yes, but our goal at Cognitive Justice, as we're doing the community violence intervention work, is to be able to equip the kids in the school and also the the, the teachers, right, and also the parents to understand what community violence intervention is. Because, like your cousin says, he said he's watching tonight. Yes. Your cousin says it's the science. We understand that yeah. we can take a gun out of somebody's hand, right? But what is going to be the factor of them not going to buy another gun? not picking it up again somebody that's else. right i will go just to be able to equip them with the necessary methods and tools and science and understanding right. and love and everything else to where the long term means that we change sunnyside we change south park we change southwest we change cyprus because it's going down in cyprus right now okay so that's our goal with right. the with okay. the teachings and the insight that is that we want to impart you
0: had a question for, for damien did you say cypress? oh absolutely going absolutely to
2: 90 yes. Is going. It, it's
0: crazy. It's, it's, yes it's crazy. <laughs> did you hear <laughs> did you hear a couple of weeks ago y'all about the young man who was uh killed uh at uh the tennis court in uh at, at the high school he walked over to the tennis court and was confronted by some other students there and was was shot and kill right there the tennis court. Uh, yeah. It's a tennis court. So everybody okay. knows it's that not the basketball right, court. it's tennis court.
4: Everybody knows I graduated from Prairie. So mm-hmm. like just in that area. Like yeah. I'm thinking million-dollar homes, golf yeah. course, lakes,
2: mm-hmm. like. Gated communities. it's the culture it's the culture of violence it's Mm -hmm. spreading just like they say rap beer with nwa and everything else yes it's spreading and it's spreading to the hearts of the kids and the hearts of the community it's no longer i see it on mtv it's that i really think that i want to be a part of something because they sometimes they feel like they aren't a part Wow. Yeah, and I think
3: I think to answer your question, Crystal, like why certain kids do things and why others don't. Right, my answer the would suburbs.
4: be: you're eating every day. I don't <laughs>
3: have it has nothing, <laughs> do, it really has nothing to do with that. To yeah. me, I see it as belonging. Like sometimes yeah. you can have a intact home and still like you feel like you don't belong. That's true. So that's that's very if you true. Look at people who do join gangs and do run the streets with certain types of people. They're looking for some type of belonging. And you, you're I'm so, so you're glad so you cleared right. that you're cleared up so
4: right. <laughs> because, <laughs> No, because seriously, because it's just like you're eating every day, you're going home yeah, with lights mean, and air and uh, your yeah. own everything in your room. Like, yeah. why? What's the problem? Like,
0: and why I, you that's the exact same thing you hear? You know, many times you hear this with people who 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 may um uh, uh begin to to walk into the, the drug culture, they may be from very affluent yeah. situations. And but the mom and dad, when they get home, they go in and they get on their uh, PC and the kids are in their room doing their thing. Mm -hmm. No one is asking the kids how you're doing. How was what was your day like? No one is spending time with the kids. No one is saying, come, let's go out in the backyard and let's do, you know, everything is provided. But the kids still do not feel that sense of belonging, that sense of of, 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 being loved. It's it's
4: hard for you to do that. You work in 17, 18 19 hours, and you figure, let me go buy them this and give them this and give them this. Well, usually,
0: the ones a lot of times the ones who are um working the 17 and 18 hours aren't the ones necessarily that's going to be in the they may only work an eight hour day, but they're but they're uh they're uh their passion is not with the children. Mm-hmm. Many times. No, it's I was Charlotte, thinking about I the think engineers
4: and the, the nurses and the doctors. You still think about like Cypress? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know, I know.
0: But, but let me let me ask you guys this because we know that a lot of what you are talking about. Now I'm looking at the uh, the speakers
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the discussions that are going to be happening, and we've got um, royal Young who's over. Uh, founder of provision who's the founder of provision and we've got tamika perkins um and she is an 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 advocate um you know with in the community is there anyone who is going to be part of this panel that's speaking directly to the kids that they can relate to um and i think
3: damien you can to clarify mm-hmm. this a bit but to Tam- me has has a great story yeah. awesome awesome she has an amazing she's, story she's awesome. coming from
2: baltimore yeah. okay yeah. Oh, and okay. then we also have uh brother Greg Muhammad. Yes. yes yes and we have and then we're uh, up here in the community, up in the yeah. community. we have uh, a few other people too so yeah so the kids are going to be able to receive uh we're thinking that more so they're going to be a part of the digital shadows um Breakout, session. yes. Yeah, breakout so, sessions.
0: Yes. So breakout sessions. That's what I was going to ask.
2: Session. Yes. So we have the digital shadow. We have the survivors of violence. Um wow. and sometimes what 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 I've envisioned and what we've envisioned is that there is when I started, when we started planning the conference, and I and this is new or well, probably last two weeks. Right. I would always say there's gonna be somebody who hasn't lost somebody to gun violence. absolutely. It happened to me twice since we started planning the conference. I had two cousins uh, uh die. Since we started planning the conference, two weeks ago, two months ago, two, two mm-hmm. days before Christmas, um, a cousin, a twenty-five year old cousin, um, my cousin Dyer, and what about a month and a half ago, my cousin Josh, who served uh, three tours in Iraq, thirty-nine, left three kids, three, I think, four kids. So it happened to to me and my family, and my family. I always say that they don't experience it like I got in trouble, with my brother, but like they but no don't. No one really else know about did. That.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat>
2: the kids will be able to come for healing god willing even to the survivors of violence because there's one lady who i'm waiting on the anniversary of her brother who will be there he got killed on january 23rd of last year well i met his nieces his nieces are going through the same thing that his that is that his sister is going through so maybe they can attend right but there'll be conversations there. There'll be people there to support them. So not only will we have the breakout sessions, we're going to have a panel, yes. but we're going to have people there that's going to be able to support the needs of the people to provide resources as
0: well. And you know what? Before we before we end, I want to ask both of you this, mm-hmm. because this is honestly a question that, that Rebecca and I have asked each other. We've, we've, uh, we've delved into this question on this platform before. Mm-hmm. Damien. When I was coming along, which is different from when you guys were coming along, but when I was coming along, if guys had issues with each other, after school, everybody just knew to go outside behind the building or walk a block away, and they would just fight it out. And everybody, and nobody would jump in. You would let those two fight until somebody got up and gave up. Okay. But everybody lived to fight another day we've come to a place where it's not even, or a lot of times it might happen over a girl. They may be fighting for the affection of a girl, but they would just fight. And whoever would win, he would get beat, but he might decide to fight the guy again in two weeks, but then that was okay. But where did we cross that threshold where everything is solved with a gun? Do, do it is not it's not is it not even a point of pride anymore for guys to be able to fight for a lady's effect. I mean for a lady's I, you know what I mean? That was a big deal, you know,
2: start, for a guy
4: to be able to fight.
2: I started in, mm-hmm. in, in that city finishing um <laughs> personal, super personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I think um He said young, super
4: personal. <laughs> now, I think young
2: boys are more emotional now because of how they're viewed through social media. And it's always—it's not always as emotion like a super bad thing. Is that they don't know how to direct and 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 process their emotions okay. a lot of times. So okay. it's not like like I'm super like self emotional. Is that they don't know how to process their emotions um, a lot of times? Do you think that comes
4: from social
2: media? I think a lot of it. What I've been saying, and I, I would be the one to say no. Again, when I was released out of prison, I thought social media was the stupidest thing ever. Right, Stop my it. cousins, my my people, people that I knew when little I little did in, you know, I thought it was the stupidest thing ever. But mm-hmm. being able to see it from a different standpoint, y'all yes. can understand. I see it from a different standpoint. I saw people that I knew before prison that they acted differently, but then I went to U of H and I had a class and I understood the purpose of social okay. media. Got That's you. why I approach it the way that I approach it. Okay. So that's one. So it's not just social media. It's also the parents. You know, they have young parents. Yeah. It's also the area. But I think now a lot of people really don't know how to. A lot of younger people don't really know how to process their emotions. Be, one reason is because their parents are in this age bracket and they don't really uh, uh, know how to process a lot of their feelings as well. So it's like a trickle down effect. So when they when something happens, and they feel offended or disrespected they go by this pick up a gun another thing is this watch this this is what we found but out you
0: can't come back from that
2: and that's what i'm going to tell you another thing is this forgive me super personal i've had these conversations super personal. yeah you mm-hmm. gave me something to ask. this is super personal yeah they, some of the some of the kids that have become shooters at 13 14 15. i was a shooter i didn't know that i was a shooter until recently This that's a term right so some of the people. They are okay with being remembered in their death. Oh, they are wow. okay with being—that's what I was being getting ready to say—immortalized because they shot somebody. They know that they will be celebrated. They know that every time, the day that they died, they know that their homeboys are going to make sure there's going to be a balloon release for them. Sydney said some of it. They do not care about the the the, the present. Because they don't, they don't see anything. they don't
0: see the future but they know that they'll be remembered in death so they don't. So, so what you telling me Damien sometimes <laughs> Super- 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 personal. Personal. Super- let me ask this real <laughs> quick Rebecca it may it may piggyback off of what you're getting ready to say too So Sydney from a from a a an emotional standpoint are we seeing are we saying that so many of these young people are not seeing a future? Before them, they don't dream of doing this, and dream of doing this, and dream of 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 having a family, and buying a house. They don't dream of those kind of things, or even or even uh, getting a record deal. They don't dream of that.
3: Do I they think, not dream at all? I think they do, but the present is more important right now. Wow. And and something that I was, how I was going to answer the question, and Dan yeah. touched on it was image and perception. How do I? How am I going to look if I get beat up? So what's the quickest way for me to make sure I'm big dog so that I don't have to go through like the the fighting here and there or the, you know, going back and forth. I'm just zero to 100 and I'm big dog because I don't want to be seen as weak.
4: So two things. Uh. One, to piggyback on what Damien said.
3: Yeah.
4: I know you talk about the immortalization, but if I walk around and I got bodies, I'm big dog. Mm -hmm. How many bodies I didn't lay down? in the gray
0: I'm big dog but who is that looking great too exactly who is that the culture right there okay so so Damien what you're saying is that and I know we're gonna have to cut this off pretty soon because y'all gotta (laughs) y'all gotta give us some dates and some times of this conference first of all let me ask you this is the public invited very much so okay hang on one second What's that wait and then let me just say how many bodies
4: so they they got the body am big dog oh girls and they little agent, oh, they with the toughest, they, they you know, oh, my man, my man, a shooter, my man, a killer out here. That's bragging rights for them, yeah. number one. And then number two, I tell you this all the time when we were when we in the classroom, they only know two emotions, anger, <laughs> and they just know anger and happiness. That's it there's nothing in between nothing in between either they happy or they angry mm-hmm. how many it. times i have to sit down and tell kids what are we feeling right now i'm mad are you mad or are you sad or are you hurt mm-hmm. or are you disappointed yes. mm-hmm. or are you hurt those,
0: mm-hmm. emotions. those, those emotions.
4: emotions but they can't express them mm-hmm. okay. so it comes out in one or two ways right. they either because they've never been taught first of all those words yes you know they laugh at me when i say use your words but yes. But I have to get them in the mindset to say no, I'm I'm sad today. Yeah, sad comes out in anger, right? I'm disappointed, it comes out in anger. It comes abandonment wow. comes out in anger. They can't. That's the only two emotions they know, uh-huh. and that's because that's the only two emotions that they parents know. How many times I have to sit in front of grown men and say, Oh, well, are you okay? Nah, I'm straight. No, what is your what is your mental, <laughs> is your mental mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. are we sad or what are we? And they don't, they confuse. But you ask me all these questions. Yeah. And, and they, they feel like they're, patronized. Yeah, they're patronizing Yeah, Because them they that, have right. not they're been not part emotional connection. Yeah. Yes. I,
2: I want to say something, yeah. too. So I want to make a plan. I just thought about this. Mm-hmm. It's true. In fifth grade, there was a guy, Sam. Mm-hmm. He peed on himself in fifth grade, right? Yeah, yeah. So all the way to ninth grade, I got locked up in my second ninth grade year. In my okay. second ninth grade year, we still talked about him peeing on himself, right? Mm-hmm. That was, what, four or five years? Just think now. Somebody pees on themselves in fifth grade. It's immortalized. Yeah. Today, 50.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's going to go to because Greece. Because of social media. Nobody yeah. knows that this guy peed on himself yeah. except for us that was in this school right here. And we can talk about it among right. ourselves. Right. And we can, we don't have video of him. Yeah. But they're going to have video and everything else. So it's like they're trying to get ahead of the, um, the disrespect or the disappointment in, in a lot of things too a lot of times.
0: Woo! You guys are going to have a full agenda. <laughs> so, Damien, yes. tell us a little bit about, you said that the that the public is invited. Yes. Tell us when community or chaos is taking place and how people can get involved or come out if they would like to be a part of it.
2: So let's start with registration. You yes. can go to CognitiveJusticeInternational.org. You okay. can go to the events page and you can register. You can go to cognitive justice um on Facebook and Instagram you can register there um and then you want to once you register you want to be able to pick and choose which um breakout session you're going to go to okay uh, we have three we have survivors of violence we have well, voices of resilience let me get it right we have voices of resilience we have digital shadows and we have the where do we go from here the conversation about that so we those are the three breakout rooms you want to register um it will be January 15th at ProVision Academy registration that morning starts at 9 a.m the conference starts at 9 15 mm-hmm. the address is 4590 Wilmington Street okay Houston Texas 77051 okay. 4590 Wilmington Street Houston Texas
0: 77051 and we will make sure that we get this flyer posted mm-hmm. on uh um posted it in the in the chat and what I want to do Damien yes. you know Every time you come, every time you come, we learn something new. Yeah. Let me see, uh, I'm going to go to our, oh my gosh, we got a lot a lot of comments Ooh, here. A, and Damien, mm-hmm. you got on your glasses. Okay. Uh, you, we may not be able to see all of them, but let's go. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> OK, who are some of the people that, that have been listening who are chiming in? And what are some of the things they're asking?
2: Paulette Wellington, uh-huh. uh, hello everyone, excellent topic. Uh, Kimmy, uh, unique Williams, Mm Cypress Station. That's an area Mm -hmm. there's a lot of um violence, yeah. Uh, Henry Sims with the free MLK conference. Sherelle, that's my wife. She said, Mm -hmm. I agree, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go down a little bit more,
0: okay. I'm so glad Damien has on his glasses, (laughs)
2: Mm. okay. Um, Sherelle again said, sense of belonging, yeah. I don't know what Kamiko was saying, indeed dr sims call us coach dr sims he yes. put the the registration in there for everybody awesome. oh awesome. great and we're, gonna um, get,
0: we're gonna get that flyer up for y'all too okay
2: because it's got the qr code okay okay And know uh, kamiko said this is needed just about the conversation yes um she said that this is a microwave society mm-hmm. that's true uh, it, know, is- it has time to take time that is very good ronnie hart one of my big brothers uh he said you better speak the facts <laughs> uh kamiko is very active thank you yes um so basically, emotional intelligence—that's mm-hmm. one thing that we do uh, teach. At Cognitive justice is right. emotional intelligence classes. Um, lack of emotional intelligence. Vaughn, your cousin
0: said, great topic, y'all. Yes, yeah. yeah. So you making me you making me want to click on this QR code. Yes, please. And and not take Monday off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Damien, mm-hmm. if you could give me one last word as to why people need to be at provision on monday to make sure that they are becoming part of the solution i'm gonna ask you the same thing what would you give us so free breakfast
2: free lunch <laughs> free head shots right free you breakfast knew- free lunch free head shots right For you the community. knew you
0: knew that was gonna yeah, get, yeah, them so out.
2: Make sure to get that but but i think wow it, 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 it's 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 another start to the conversation dr yes. king said where do we go from here 60 years ago right but it's another start we have yes. another opportunity. There's Absolutely. something called community violence intervention. We've been doing this for 400 years. Yes. So now we have another start to say, man, not only does it start here, we're thankful for Coach and ProVision. Right. We desire for it to go around Houston. Absolutely. Harris County, the right. out cities, I mean, the out counties and stuff like that. So right. to be there Monday would give everybody just insight into what power can be. We're Absolutely. informing
0: so we can empower Sydney. one last word why should they come out
3: hope and healing
0: I love it mm-hmm. I love it that was that was concise and typical but ladies and gentlemen Damien Sydney, Dr Sims I want to thank you guys so much for for coming in and sharing this information with us and more than anything we want what is going on at ProVision to be reflected and duplicated all throughout the community because it's going to be up to us Mm -hmm. up to the community itself to change our community government's not going to do it and uh the police department the city is not going to do it it's going to be up to us it's going to come from the inside and and filter outside am i right yes absolutely but ladies and gentlemen i want to thank you so much for joining us on my crystal loves texas podcast And Rebecca, as we say all the time, we can do do it. it. Bye guys.